Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, January 29th, 2023, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. This is episode 54, Combat. There will be spoilers up ahead. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. I'm Bryce. Today, we are going to be covering the Queensberry top rank event that occurred Saturday, I want to say mid to late afternoon, U.S. time, right? Mm -hmm. This was the unified light heavyweight championship card of Artur Beterbiev versus Anthony, the beast from the East Yard. Um, on the main card, of course, because that's what we're, we're going to be covering, we had Delakian versus Jimenez at flyweight. We had Moderna versus Itama, Carol Itama at light heavyweight. We had Fletcher versus Sharp at cruiserweight. We had Itama versus Bode at heavyweight. And of course, we had our main event at light heavyweight. This was better BF versus Yard. Without further ado, Matt, can you take us into... Man, a controversial opener, to say the least, but we'll get yeah, into man. it. The Lockian versus Jimenez. So, uh, coming into this fight, we had Artem Delakian, who was uh, coming in at flyweight as the WBA world champion, mm. and uh, 35 years old, uh, five foot four. Uh, <clears throat> he's coming into this fight 21 and 0 with 15 KOs. Um, he was going up against David Jimenez of Costa Rica. Um, this was going to be his uh, 13th fight coming into this fight, uh, 12 and 0, undefeated. Um, 30 years old. Five foot four as well. Uh, they're both orthodox, so you know nothing to report there. Mm. And man, you know, so the the importance of this fight uh, was represented in the fact that if David Jimenez were to win the the world title from uh, Artem Delakian, he would be the first Costa Rican born uh, world champion of any sort. He would be mm -hmm. Costa Rica's first world champion. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure to have to ride into a fight. And unfortunately for him, uh, he was given some poor judging last night, um, in my opinion. Uh, my I opinion, my opinion, yeah, I, I think TJ agrees. Agree we you. were on the phone with each other, like, instantly at the conclusion of that fight. Like, what? Yeah. Um, we, so upon watching this fight, and I've gotten a chance since because last night I saw it. I didn't catch it. Well, yesterday afternoon, rather. I didn't catch it right at the beginning. But I got a chance to rewatch this fight earlier today just to see it from the beginning and make sure I wasn't tripping. And to be honest, man, it, it kind of sucks to see that, um, the way that this fight played out. So obviously, if you're not paying attention, David Jimenez lost the fight mm. to... Uh, Artem Delakian and I don't feel as though he did and I the commentators didn't feel as though he did um, TJ didn't feel as though he did either and I, I think it comes overall to um, intensity and just hunger and yeah. the entire time this fight the entire time was being pressed by David Jimenez it was rare that David Jimenez took a back step in any round um, sometimes to his detriment but mostly not so um, this guy was just, he was consistently trying to put up combinations, constantly was trying to work. Yeah. I mean, he stung, uh, Delakian quite a few times now in somewhere in around the middle, about sixth or seventh round, Delakian did <clears throat> also hurt David Jimenez with a strong right hand that wobbled him a little bit, but his answer to that wasn't grabbing. 
His answer to that wasn't trying to hold on or run away. He threw a three-punch combo after getting his knees buckled. That was his answer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there were a lot of... I felt like... Honestly, I don't even feel that Jimenez really like really beat Delakian up as much as it just felt like Delakian just was passive. Yeah. It seemed very passive throughout the fight. Not there was no real fire under him and it was without question he lost the final two rounds of this fight. And the scorecards read 113-115 on two cards and then 112-116 which is even more ridiculous. Yeah. Um it just it was a it was a sore one for sure. Definitely a sour way to uh at least for me to begin the card. And like I said, immediately afterwards, um, on the commentary, we had Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley, where they were both sort of echoing the same sentiment. And I remember Andre Ward just saying specifically, like, we deal with the same issue like week in and week out. When is something gonna be done about this? You know, when people are sacrificing time and money and all types of things, you know, he's then uh, he being Andre Ward, uh, you know, former world champion, all that Hall of Famer, like he yeah. understands how much sacrifice somebody has to put in to have a, a 12 round fight, 12 three minute rounds. Like, can you imagine physically exerting yourself to the limit, like as much as you possibly can to achieve a dream? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Knowing that you literally, like you did everything correctly and the answer was still no. You know what I'm saying? It just, it sucks. And I mean, I'm not even saying, you know, things aren't supposed to go your way just because you do everything right. But he was robbed in that fight. 100%. He clearly did the training. And I'm not saying Delakian didn't. I'm just saying mentality. It's not like anybody looked like that out of shape. Shit, they fly weights. You better not look like you out of shape at flyweight. That's <laughs> right. Insane. But like... That would almost be impressive. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That shit is crazy. But ultimately, it's just, it was rough to have seen that. But TJ, you can go into your thoughts. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought one of the storylines going into the, to this was like Delakian coming off of that 14-month layoff, right? Mm-hmm. Due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't fighting, fighting, but he was volunteering and trying to raise funds for the Ukrainian military is what it is, right? So a big question hovering over him was like, is he rusty? That being said, I thought it was mostly one-way traffic for 12 rounds. Like Delakian had his moments, but Jimenez was dominating and trying to put on for Costa Rica, you know, being becoming the first ever champion. Like I... Literally texted Matt saying, I think Costa Rica is going to get his first champion, right? Yeah. And, like, ultimately, Delakian couldn't even really get his boxing feet together, right? And then the judges just go ahead and rob Jimenez in front of, ev- like, the whole world's eyes. I That was so weird to see. Uh, it was frustrating to watch because you got this. It, it's like... We had a, a few matchups in this card where it was literally the veteran versus the hungry young lion. Um, mm-hmm. And this was one instance where the hungry young lion clearly won, but was not given his reward, which sucks. Um, but yeah, Jimenez had a beautiful performance. Yeah, man, just, you wow. know, it was a, what'd you say, Bryce? Do you all see like a rematch in the future? Because it sounds like this was very. Um, Boxing is interesting, man. There's a, a whole chance that he could just not get a rematch. Mm. You know, all those things come down to contractual um, obligations and things like that. And, you know, 
anything other than something that's in the contract won't necessarily guarantee him a rematch. I mean, shit, I've seen situations where a rematch can be in a contract and a guy won't get it. So, they, you know, I don't know, man. Boxing is interesting. It's an interesting sport. And the politics of it are, you know, but sometimes even more interesting than the fights that happen themselves. Like, mm-hmm. the how and why, you know what I'm saying? But Yeah, I was yeah. telling you that was almost like a FIFA level of corruption yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, man, you'd really be surprised. Okay. Anyway, the next fight was, I believe, Moderna versus Carol Itama. Okay. Want to take us into that, Matt? Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we got Carol Itama, six foot one, uh, coming in for the light heavyweight division. Um, Carol walked into this fight nine and zero, and he was in this fight up against. Ezekiel Moderna. Um, Ezekiel Moderna comes into this fight uh, 28 and 10. Also a light heavyweight, a little bit of a journeyman uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how someone would classify him. But he was coming off of a a fifth round KO victory. Hmm. Um, On the other end, you know, with uh, Carol Itama, you know, very highly touted. Um, hungry UK young guy, lion, yeah. hungry young lion, coming off a string of uh, KO victories. Really, like he's been on a tear. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, five. He's on a five KO streak. Uh, first round, third round, second round, fourth round, and eighth round. All mm-hmm. TKO victories. And the belief was this was a kind of a step up in competition for him. But, you know, the point was to get him to the next level. You know, the last guy that he fought was 12 and 6. And, you know, enter, <clears throat> enter Ezequiel Moderna, excuse me, of Argentina. And um, if he was being brought there to lose, nobody told him. <laughs> uh, this was for the WBC International Light Heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was vacant, if I recall correctly. It was. Yeah, it was vacant, uh, currently vacant at the, well, it was vacant at the (laughs) time. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, and after Moderna KOs Carol Itama, he has now become the WBA International Light Heavyweight Champion. Um, Carol Carol Itama, I felt like, was doing pretty good early on. Dropped him. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, exactly. He was able to drop Ezekiel Moderna, but I think where he kind of ran into issue, at least in my opinion, and I wouldn't even necessarily say issue, but I think what what happened in this scenario was more or less a power difference, right? I can agree with that, yeah. Um, it's not as if that he did not, you know, it wasn't as if he didn't have the skill to outbox this guy. You know, Carol Tom, 22 years old, the guy he's fighting is 36 years old, you know, been mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. But even considering the energy, the output and all that, which wasn't really crazy, there was a, at least to me, there was a clear difference in the effect that the punches were having on both ends. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes, it almost made uh, Carol Lee Thomas knockdown feel like a flash knockdown as opposed to a real one. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, Carol was only knocked down, well, what was it, twice? In that same yeah. round or was it the one time? Yeah, it was twice in that round, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like, there, there it is, actually, really, if you think about it. When Carly Tama put this guy down, he was still there four rounds later. Yeah. And four rounds later, when he put Carly Tama down, that was the end back. of the fight. Yeah. That was, you know, he stopped the fight. Clipped him right on the, uh, right on, like, the side of the chin, really. It was bad. right hand. It was bad. And he just, he imploded. You know, yeah. he went right down. Um, I thought the work rate was good from Carly Tama. You know, I definitely understand why. You know, they uh, view him in the way that they do and and uh, things of that nature. But I don't know, man. I felt like Carol was doing a I felt like he was doing a, a decent enough job, but it just seemed like an eventuality because Moderna was landing not necessarily the right four hand. shots. Yeah. But he was starting he was landing the right hand consistently. Like every time Carol would start getting momentum, a yep. right hand would come right down the middle. Yep. It was like it was making him reset. Like he had to start over. Yeah. He like um, all his momentum would leave. But that that's that's in my thoughts. You go ahead. I was gonna say like I I the only thing I want to add to that, which I think you hit the nail on the head. You covered everything I would have covered is, um, like Moderna was planting the seeds for that knockout in round one, like mm. constantly setting him up with the jab, right? Constantly making sure to stay offline because that's one thing I think I, I want to say was. It might have been Timothy Bradley Jr. who was saying um, that Itama was not doing a very good job, or maybe it was Andre Ward. Sometimes, no, I think it was Andre Ward because Andre Ward was like pissed off for the rest of the card, you know, mm-hmm. like every time he was commenting. But he was saying how like Itama was not doing a good job of getting his head off the line, so he was yeah. constantly getting caught by the one twos. And sure enough, round four, and I should say round five, he gets hit with that too. That just I mean, the way he fell alone was just, damn, he got hit, hit. Um, I, it, like, murder. Hey. Murder. But, you know, you know, Argentina's got another champion. They had, they got the World Cup. Now they got Moderna, light heavyweight, bro. So. Something going props. on in Argentina. Uh, props. They put some, they got something in the water. Hmm. Yeah, what's going on over there, Argentina? Let me find out. <laughs> Argentina trip. Kidding. <laughs> Y'all got my hopes up and shit. I'm doing shit. I'm about to get my. You got Argentina trip money, bro? Man, I'm trying you right. to. <laughs> like... You right. You right. Bryce, like, he's like, damn, let the boy dream. <laughs> like... <laughs> I just shut it down right then. Their reality. Um. Next up, we had Fletcher, Tommy Fletcher versus Daryl Sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Fletcher versus Daryl Sharp. I I just forget the first names. Um, this oh, was at yeah. cruiserweight. Yeah, at, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, um, I'm gonna say this, and I, I'm just gonna keep it keep it a bean, keep it a Kobe Bean Bryant. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be very very uh, blatant about this. It's crazy. Like I do understand building <laughs> people's record. I get that. Like, that's a part of the sport and all that. You're going to fight people with lopsided records and stuff. Like, you got to build guys up. It's not the best thing in the world, but it is 100% what the situation is, right? Hmm. But, bro. <laughs> they had to say on the broadcast that, no, it's not a typo. You are, yeah. in fact, seeing this record. Tommy Fletcher came into this fight 3-0, and mm-hmm. right? 3-0, all KO victories. And he fought Daryl Sharp, whose record 
was seven and 96. <laughs> one draw. <laughs> now, hey, you, hey, low key, that nigga that got the draw is mad. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to tell you an even more yeah. interesting fact with his record. <laughs> with them 97 losses, he's only been knocked out three times. That is true. That is very true. And that's something they highlighted on the broadcast. So he's he gone is, the distance. Yeah, dude, is he's made out of something else because he has not been stopped. So he got a Teflon chin, but he got like, 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 like silk hands. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the last time that he, yeah, the last time he was stopped was uh, in, it says November of 2021. Hmm. Yeah, November of 2021, but this guy fights all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's like, yeah, that's how he racked up all those losses like yeah. he did, right? It's his it's his job. He's figured out how to make a living out of it, even if he's not winning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he a, he a professional. They a they professional. were saying they were saying on the broadcast that he's already got fights lined up in like March and shit. <laughs> yeah, bro. On to the next one. He had fought 17 times since the time that he got KO'd in 2019. He fought 17 more times. Dude. What if he don't hit the gym because he just be boxing? He's he probably like, don't. <laughs> like, if you would have seen this guy last night, Bryce, John it didn't look like he'd be in the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Funny as hell. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, I don't judge a book by his cover, but I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at two different guys, two guys that are, that are competing. You know what I'm saying? Bro, anyway. It, it looked like he... But the the fucking tank top he had on, it looked like he got. It looked off, like they found a dude outside. <laughs> like, it looked like, like they went outside and was like, "Who wants to fight tonight?" He came to the ray looking like Sandman. <laughs> Bro, it looked it looked like somebody just said, "Yo, it is like, who want to make a couple dollars right quick?" <laughs> like, like, and Bro just raised his hand and was like, "I I'll be his Huckleberry." Like, <laughs> I'm down. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <sighs> Bro, I hope he talks so much shit. He does. That's that's part of like uh it's part of his style, actually. Yeah, that's... he was yeah, he was talking a lot of shit. He's like Bobby Green, but he loses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you looking at the future champ right here. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> man. This nigga. Fucking, I don't know, man. It just, it was, he was consistently trying to taunt Tommy, you know, trying to get him to throw more punches. And Tommy would hit him, and there were times where he would make, he would connect and stuff like that. But um, I felt like, honestly, the only thing really with Tommy was that he just didn't, he wouldn't commit to the shots. Like, I he think, would land, and then this guy would launch out him. Go ahead, TJ. I think it was, uh, no, let's keep it a conversation, right? I think it was that first round. If he since he couldn't put him out in the first round, it definitely fucked with him mentally, right? Because mm-hmm. like on paper, I feel like we we talked about this off air. It's like on paper, there is no reason why Fletcher couldn't finish him. Yeah, I mean the guy was not. He didn't. He didn't seem like he was uh, powerful in any type of uh, special way. Um, he didn't have like crazy head or foot movement. You know, there was nothing like that. It was. Like, purely, it was nothing other than the fact of, you know, he just was game. Yeah. 
that's it. He was consistently trying to entice this guy into fighting him, and he would, you know, lunge at him and, you know, was talking a lot of trash to him. He would block punches. He would dodge a handful, and then it was the same thing. He just was consistently circling the ring. Um, Tommy Fletcher was not cutting the ring off with him. Also, you know, being the taller fighter. Let's talk about the real fighter data here that Daryl Sharp, 31 years old, five foot eight, fighting at cruiserweight, Tommy oh. Fletcher, 21 years old, 6'7", <sighs> fighting at cruiserweight. And yeah, it's like, it well, me off. with him, you know what I'm saying? Even in that scenario, right? Like, I don't know. I just, I felt like even if it wasn't a thing of he was able to stop him, he definitely wasn't trapping this guy. And like, if he's 5'8", you you're nearly a full foot taller than him. Yeah. You're very nearly an entire foot taller than this guy. Like, he should not feel like he has free range all over the ring. Or if he does feel as if you have, he has free range all over the ring, it should, it should be a situation where it's because you have locked down the center of the ring. And that just wasn't the case here. Yeah. Man, Tommy Fletcher is so tall when he sat down in the corner. He was like Daryl uh, Sharp's height. <laughs> That's how tall this nigga was, man. Yeah, man. This was a big boy. Daryl, Daryl, I mean, not Daryl Sharp. Tommy Fletcher was a very tall guy. He's a tall man. We don't really see guys like that. Not definitely not at Cruiserweight, 6'7. That's crazy. Uh, 200 fucking pounds, man. Get the fuck out of here. That's yeah. a big man. Yeah. It, it was honestly like David and Goliath, high key. Like, it, I mean, like, like, you know, game of death, right? Yeah. Where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is fighting Bruce Lee, and it yep. looks almost comical. Like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just, like, barely doing anything, but, like, so much length. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it looked kind of like that. Uh, yeah, that's that, sound, that sounds, that sounds kind of cringy. I'll be real with you. This sounds like a very. It sounds like this, this car sounds very bootleg with things that were going on. Oh, it's definitely not bootleg. It ain't that. The wild but. thing is that that this fight went to decision. That's what was wild about it. Yeah, but. the craziest thing was he was not able to stop him. Yeah, he got that dog in him. It's just it's a chihuahua. <laughs> it's it's just a damn bulletproof chihuahua. Apparently, hey, chihuahuas are the assholes of the dog world. I said damn. what I said. Damn. And I meant that shit when I said it. Oh, one final thing on my side in terms of Fletcher versus Sharp. I know Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley did not compare Sharp's record to Mike Tyson's punch out. They did that shit on the live broadcast. On air. They did do that. I laughed too hard. That was just they they were cooking him, man. The whole fight. They just cooked him. Everything pretty much after they witnessed that robbery in the yeah. beginning, they was pretty much like, yeah, okay. All bets Watch all. this. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, next fight we had was Moses Itaumont versus Bode. I forget his first name. Yeah, uh, we had Moses Itama versus Marcel Bold. Marcel, thank you, man. Um, Marcel Bold, 26 years old from the Czech Republic. Uh, he's coming into this fight two and one. Um, on the other side of that, like you just said, Moses Itama. Oh man, that sounds familiar. That's because Moses mm -hmm. Itama is the younger brother of Carol Itama. 
Um, this was his very first fight at the Wembley Arena. He had a literally this was his professional that was his debut. pro debut. Yep, professional debut and highly touted as well. Yeah, also highly touted. You know, they and a southpaw as opposed to his brother. And uh, what what's the terminology that you use, TJ? Grand opening, grand, grand opening, closing. grand closing. Yep. I got that from you. <laughs> yeah, and I got that from Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, 23 seconds. 23 seconds. Left hand. That's it. Yeah. Homie didn't want any of those problems. The the cold part, this man has so much power. The the punch that took down Marcel Bode didn't actually connect with Marcel Bode's head. Connected with his glove. The power went through the glove. Damn, most animate shit. And dude made him, he got dropped and he was like, I don't want this. Yeah, I'd man, like to go a, home. Heavyweight fight. Marcel looked much bigger than 220. Yeah. Well, he I mean, looked, heavyweights, right? I mean, Moses, <laughs> it looked like he was bigger than 220 for sure. I mean, but I'm just saying he looked like he was bigger than that. Marcel was bigger than him. Marcel came in 248. Yeah. So, you Showed know. Him. Oh, you know what? Actually, Showed no, him the I African mean, way. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to say, actually, I had that re- the reverse way. I meant Marcel. Sorry. I was looking at the. I was looking at one name, but meant the other one. Marcel didn't look like he was that big in comparison because... Uh, Moses Itama was two uh two forty-eight mm. as opposed to the two twenty that Marcel was. But yeah, it was just a quick one. There's it's like there's nothing really to report in that scenario, like at all. Just, yeah. What a debut. I don't know, yeah. I'm not such a stage too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Okay. Oh, with that, yeah, let's go got, into our main event. Yeah, for our main event, we had we have uh, Artur Betterbeef uh, against Anthony Yard. Uh, Anthony Yard, 26 years old, 31, uh, six feet tall. This fight was at the light heavyweight division. Anthony Yard came into this fight 23-2. and two. Um, It's been around for a little while. He's definitely, you know, cut his teeth. He took his very first loss to uh, Sergey Kovalev in his first attempt to win, um, you know, to uh, win a major world title, which was his attempt to win the WBO World Light Heavyweight title. That was mm-hmm. back in 2019, August of 2019, in fact. Went on a two-win uh, win streak, and then he lost a split decision to uh, Lyndon Arthur, for an intercontinental and commonwealth title and he was able to bounce back uh picked up uh picked up uh two more tko victories three more really um one of those being revenge against lyndon arthur uh ko on him in fourth round mm-hmm. um all of this eventually led to him getting the opportunity to challenge artur better be for the ibf wbc and wbo titles artur better on the other end of the spectrum, also a light heavyweight, came into this fight 18 and 0. Um, also, let me jump backwards real quick. Anthony Yard walked into this fight 23 and 2 with 22 KOs. Yeah. That is that, that cannot is be missed. Yeah. 22 KOs. 
Artur Betterbeef came into this fight 18 and 0, 18 KOs. 100% All knockout rate. That's 100% insane. knockout rate. 38 years old. Um, this is this guy's uh Russian by way of well, he's yeah, he's Russian and he fights out of Quebec, fights out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh he's 5'11 and a half, so he's six feet. He's six feet with ones on. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, coming into this fight, he is looking not only to defeat Anthony Yard, but uh, beyond defeating Anthony Yard stands the prospect of Artur Betterbeef being able to challenge um, uh, Dimitri Bivol to -hmm. become the undisputed champion at light heavyweight as Dimitri Bivol has the other titles that he does not have. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. As far as Anthony Yard is concerned, this is a guy that he can't look past. Anthony Yard, 31 to his 38. You know, father time is always around. Anthony Yard is such a, a naturally strong guy. There's, mm-hmm. I don't understand how he's 175 when he looks like that much muscle. Right. It's a, whatever, whatever part of 170, any part of him that's 175 is muscle. Yeah. There's no fat. Yeah. There's very little. This guy is like, there's no way around it. He's in shape. And the same can be said for Artur Betterbeef in terms of shape, but not necessarily musculature. Uh, he's a little bit of a smaller, uh, I won't say smaller, light heavyweight, but he's smaller of the two for sure. Yeah. He's definitely not rehydrating crazy the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, both guys, I wish they I wish they were still doing same day weigh-ins, but they don't always do those. But both guys came in at 174 and a half, um, you know, making the weight uh, for the fight. I felt um, Artur Betterbeef does go on to win this fight via TKO stoppage in the eighth round. Um, nasty, dude. In a nasty way. But I, I think the, the story of this fight is damn near kind of the two. I think it's a story of two halves, even though it was only eight rounds. Um, I felt very early on, and they made a note of this on the commentary as well, but Anthony Yard was moving a lot. Uh-huh. There was a lot of movement, a lot of footwork, Explosion. a lot of... A lot of explosion, but almost kind of jitteriness. There wasn't, you know, he was just moving a lot. And you have to move a lot. You have to move a lot, 100%, excuse me, when you're dealing with somebody that's such a power puncher like Artur Betterbeef because if this guy gets his hand on you, you're done. Yeah. If he puts that glove on you, you cook. You know what I'm saying? Um and as we also saw in the fight during several occasions, anytime Anthony Yard stopped, when he stopped moving, there was no hesitation in Artur Betterbeef letting his hands go. And I've I've watched a lot of Artur Betterbeef uh, fights, and lesser men have crumbled. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Under a lot of these punches, he was taking to both the head and to the body. And this is not to say Anthony Yard was not in this fight. He was definitely in this fight. I felt pretty much the whole time. Um, but I felt like the first half, he was very energetic, moving around a lot more, but the the right hand was kind of landing with a little bit more consistency. Not as often, I'm sure, as Artur Betterbeef would have liked, but he was landing it almost as like an interception punch um, on Anthony Yard. Also, the thing you have to worry about with Artur Betterbeef is this is a guy that has power in both hands. He's not banking on one punch. He's either any side. He's just going to try to get you. 
Um, and it seemed like kind of about that fourth, fifth round, it looked like Anthony Yard was kind of ready to go home. And this dude came back out, and it was like a renewed sense of vigor was in him. Yeah, out of nowhere, low-key. Yeah, it's like seemingly out of nowhere. He was just letting his hands go. You know, he was throwing more Finding combinations. Some success. Wobbled, wobbled yeah. uh, Better Beave a few times, actually. Wobbled Better Beave at least twice. And he was, you know, he was kind of starting to find his rhythm, really. But then, sorry. Yeah. Truthfully, like, so what he was finding success with was he was finding a lot of success with uh, the slip uppercut. Mm-hmm. And he had thrown it a handful of times off the ropes. He threw it in the middle of the ring. He was just, it was working for him. And it definitely was a, a tool that helped him do uh, one of those periods of time when he was kind of on Dream Street a little bit and was trying to fight off the ropes. Mm-hmm. And Artur Betterbeef took note of this. And he baited him into throwing his uppercut counter. And he threw a straight right hand perfectly, like, perfectly it on this guy's like chin. shot. Yeah, yeah. he shoots a straight right hand right down the middle, hits him right on the chin, and Anthony Yard goes down immediately. Like, he try, kind of stumbles off a little bit, but he goes right down. He gets up, and the onslaught kind of continues, and before he can be uh, put down uh, finally, like, you know, before he can really be put out, uh, his coach jumps up on the side and tells the referee, that's it. Listen, bruv. I can't have yeah, my father taking this much damage, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also pretty much what he said. Yeah. It's just... like, like this dude, he got up there and he said this, man. But I just felt like the first half he had so much energy. And yeah. in the second half, it wasn't as if he did not have energy. Second half, he like, you know, he had pretty much his second uh win. Had his second win, it's just he got stopped. Yeah. You know, I think, the I think, problem with a guy like Better Beef, I'm sorry, just the last thought. Problem with a guy like Better Beef when he's that strong, it's like that that's kind of the thing. It only takes one. Mm-hmm. You know, it only takes the one shot. And he put him out. He didn't he did not leave it to the judges, which we'll get into in a second. Uh I think it was another veteran versus hungry young gun scenario. Uh right, once again. Um, but I think Andre Ward kind of called it out as well because he was telling the what was it uh, his, his uh, co-panelists on the commentating team like that bulk that muscle mass on yard. I mean, it requires a ton of oxygen to fuel those muscles. So mm-hmm. the, all that jittery motion, like we saw him quite literally gas out in round four. I want to yeah. say maybe even at toward the tail end of round three like you started seeing him slow down a little bit and start getting caught way more by better Biev. and better Biev, on the other hand he was like only getting sharper as the rounds progressed in my opinion now obviously mm-hmm. as you pointed out what was it it was either round five or round six i want possibly round five where uh yard was mounting up his offense at once getting his second win and it was like okay he definitely had his moments but another thing i don't know if you felt this too but it's like Yard looked stronger, but I thought better Biev was stronger, mm-hmm. which is crazy when you see them in the ring. Like you look at like Yard looks like he could go compete at a bodybuilding competition and make top three. Mm-hmm. That, that's like all that. I'm going to say. Like, yeah, like 
I don't know. It's like, I don't know any poses. It's cool, bro. Here's a medal. Like, that, <laughs> like that's how Jack Yard is. But that being said, Berdebiev could, like, easily move this man across the ring with either of his hands. So, yeah, strength. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Berdebiev, 19-0 now, man. That's crazy. 100%. The 100% streak is unbroken. Yeah, man. I, I tweeted out yesterday. I said, who's going to win tonight, Father Time or Artur Betterbeef? And it was it was Betterbeef. <laughs> Father Time lost. Yeah, Father Time lost that one. Uh, he beat an but, opponent that's not even real. <laughs> he got two wins. Uh, but ideally, if, if this happens, right, <clears throat> if we can get the fight, we would have Artur Betterbeef Potentially, right? We would get Artur Betterbeev, 19-0, 19-KOs, the IBF, WBC, WBO light heavyweight champion going against Dimitri Bivol, the WBA light heavyweight champion, the super WBA light heavyweight champion, mm. 21-0, uh, 11 knockouts, 10 decisions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of mixed in there. Way more TKOs on the front end uh, than the back end. But regardless, I, I don't – he's kind of one of those guys where it's like I'm sure people probably just wish he probably he might just be stronger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed to like death by a thousand cuts. You know, I'm sure some people might just prefer the machete. <laughs> yeah. But – yeah, man, that pretty much covers that. Um, as far as our combat sports is concerned, for next week, we have we do have the UFC next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, our upcoming card that we have is UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak. Um, this one is the an rescheduling. odd one. Yeah, yeah, it's a rescheduling. This one is an odd one, um, literally for no other reason than it comes on the afternoon and they're in Vegas. So I, I looked at the the ESPN event page on ESPN Plus, and it's saying uh, 9 p.m. our time. And then if you go on the UFC website, it's saying midnight Sunday morning. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm going to trust ESPN on this one. Yeah, I, I think we could rock with ESPN on that. Yeah. Um, and then on the boxing side of things, we will be covering uh, Amanda Serrano versus Erica Cruz in New York City. That's going to be on uh, the DAZN mm. show next mm-hmm. weekend. That uh, Shout out Jessica McCaskill will also be working commentary that weekend for that fight as well. So nice. be on the lookout for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that pretty much will conclude our Converse Sports episode. Uh, again, I'm Matt. You can find me at M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C, wherever you'd like to get your social media, TJ. Y'all can find me on Instagram at Tuss4Skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. And Bryce? Y'all can find me uh, on Instagram at Ashe underscore Onsa. That's Ashe, A-X-E underscore O-N-C-A, baby. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Swag. Um, <laughs> Uh, with that said, thank you guys for rocking with us for another one. And we will see you guys next week when we cover the boxing and the UFC and all the violence. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. See y'all Peace. next week.